And now, coming to you from over 65 million years ago, all the way from the badlands of Montana to the far reaches of Mongolia, follow him on Dino Day Paleo Adventures on Facebook or YouTube. Welcome to Hell Creek and Back with Dino Dave Fuquay. Welcome to another episode of To Hell Creek and Back. I'm your host, Dave. No, not that Dave. I'm Dave Houck, and I'm taking over this week. Dino Dave and I have been best friends since kindergarten. He's talked about me in several of the episodes. So I thought Turnabout was fair play, and this week I'm actually going to talk about him. I've always wondered if people present at the moment of significant events knew they were watching history, witnessing greatness. When Martin Luther King Jr. uttered the words, I have a dream. Did the onlookers in the crowd know that speech would be as iconic through the ages as it has become? When Mahatma Gandhi orchestrated nonviolent protests and partook in hunger strikes, did observers in that moment realize those actions would force the British Empire to give India its freedom and shape political ideology for millions? Did viewers who saw the Taco Bell Naked Chicken Chalupa advertised for the first time truly understand they had just seen genius? Okay, okay. That last one is not a great example. Of course people knew instantly that they were viewing something from a mastermind. A fried chicken shell taco? The shell is made out of fried chicken? Brilliant! Just forget that last example. It clearly does not fit. As for myself, I took well over two decades to realize that I had watched greatness unfold in front of me and had not even begun to grasp the magnitude of the accomplishment. I lied there in bed, my mind wandering, as it tends to do when you can't sleep at 2 a.m. I thought about nothing in particular other than that work was sure going to stink the next morning when it hit me. Holy crap! Dave Fuquay is amazing! Who knew? My best friend since kindergarten, it was one specific moment when the two of us were 18 years old that I was thinking about. It was lying there in bed at age 42 that I understood I had witnessed greatness 24 years earlier. I literally got out of bed and called Dave just to tell him how enormous the extent of his feat truly was. When you call most people at 2 a.m., just for a little light chit-chat, you tend to get a real education on exactly how colorful the English language can be. Dave, however, picked up after two rings and said, Hey, Hulk, what's up? as enthusiastically as high school cheerleaders, asking the crowd who they thought the best darn team was in the whole darn state. Regardless of the late hour, Dave was eager to reminisce. I spent the next 20 minutes convincing Dave that what he did at the Glendive Public Swimming Pool all those years ago was nothing short of a Herculean achievement. When Dino Dave and I were 18, we would sporadically go to 6 a.m. lap swim during the summer at our outdoor pool in our hometown of Glendive, Montana. We didn't go consistently because, well, mornings stink. No one was ever there other than maybe that guy. You know him, the self-proclaimed morning person who always has a big smile and says annoying things like, Our morning's just so peaceful. Best part of the day. And other crap you want to punch him for. On this particular morning, we had the pool to ourselves with the exception of the 15-year-old lifeguard. She had the cool whistle on a lanyard twirl around her finger down to a science, but was otherwise useless. Seriously, 
There could be customers simultaneously having heart attacks, drowning, and being feeding frezzied on by sharks, and they would all go equally unnoticed due to the gift of oblivion that only the young have. Running is the exception to this rule. Lifeguards have an uncanny ability to catch every little kid who gets overly excited and begins to hurry to the diving boards. Before they even have a chance to break from a saunter into a power walk, lifeguards have already blown their whistles. Then, with a mixture of authority and tedium, bored by the world's very existence, they say, hey kid, no running. I know Dave and I did our normal lap swim, and then at the end, like we always did, we swam underwater to see how far we could go on one breath. I went first. I was feeling pretty proud of myself when I went the full length of the pool, turned around underwater, and just barely made it all the way back. It was a big pool, 25 meters long, so I had just swam 50 meters underwater. I ran all the time, I was in great shape, and I was a very strong swimmer, so I knew up and back was an impressive showing. Fuquay went next. It was incredible how fast he could glide under the surface. Dino Dave did have an advantage, to be fair. He was six foot one, weighed a mere 145 pounds, and with his size 13 shoes on, he looked like a giant capital L walking down the street. Also, he did not have a hair on his body, other than the mop of bleach blonde Sammy, Sammy Hagar locks, so he was like an arrow shooting through the water. But still, what he did. Fuquay, with one breath, swam underwater all the way down, all the way back, all the way down, and all the way back. Four laps, 100 meters, all underwater. When I te tell people about it now, I don't blame them if they don't believe it. Knowing how hard it was to do two laps in the best shape of my life, I would never believe he did four if I had not seen it myself. At the time, however, I thought it was pretty cool and we talked about it for a day or two, but then other adventures of our youth took the forefront of our fledgling minds. But the memory would not be undone. It ruminated and stewed for over two decades, vying like the Ring of Power in Lord of the Rings for its time to be released. 24 years later, at 2 a.m., it seized its opportunity and struck me, hence the phone call. And like the Ring of Power, once awoken, I could not let it go. I kept talking about it. I talked to Fook, to my family and friends, to the checkout clerk at the supermarket and the soul trap behind me in line. I inserted it in conversations at frankly bizarre and inappropriate moments. So uh, the point is, they have no idea what to make of it. Uh, I'm going to have to go next week to the Mayo Clinic for further testing. You think that's crazy? Let me tell you about my buddy Dino Dave. Then I berated them when they not give what I deemed to be the proper amount of enthusiasm and reverence to the feet. I kept this up so much that Dino Dave, on a whim, looked up the world record for underwater swimming. He did it only because of my undying conviction that his lap, swim, his lap swim was to be outdone only by Jesse Owens' four gold medals in the 1936 Olympics, single-handedly crushing Hitler's myth of Aryan supremacy. That, and of course the accomplishment of the Taco Bell naked chicken chalupa. Holy crud, Dave had set a world record. I am not making this up. It has since been broken several times, but in 1991, it was a world record. A freaking world record! And you thought I talked about it a lot before. If it ended here, this alone would make a great story. But there's more. In one of my many conversations with Dino Dave about his epic swim, he casually stated, 
I could still do two laps underwater. I just laughed. No, I'm serious, he, ins he insisted. Dave, I said to him, you were 18. You're 42 now. You weighed 145 pounds and you were in the best shape of your life. Now you're well north of 200. You're a weekend warrior athlete at best. Not to mention, you have enough hair over your entire body to cover a small mastodon. You are not exactly streamlined anymore. His only response was, I can do it. So, we made a bet. And I drove nine hours back to Glendive a week later so we could settle it. Bright and early at 6 a.m., we went to the Glendive Public Swimming Pool for lap swim. This time, we were not alone. Word of the attempt had gotten out, and Dave had groupies. My wife Shannon came, along with my sister Dina, her husband Dave. I know, there's a lot of Daves in this story. And even their son Derek, who was in high school. You know this was a big event if a high schooler got out of bed at 5.30 in the morning voluntarily to watch. We were like a bunch of junior high girls arguing between Team Edward and Team Jacob in the movie Twilight over whether Dino Dave could make the swim or not. I vaguely remember being the lone team fail. My sister put it simply, never bet against Fuquay. Dave did a warm-up lap or two, some stretches, and took several deep breaths. Then he dove into the pool. He no longer looked like a sleek arrow shooting through the water. It was more like a hairy log. But it was a really fast hairy log. We all walked alongside the edge of the pool, looking down on Dave glide through the chilly water. I remember thinking it was a long way to walk holding your breath, let alone swim. Dave got to the end of the pool, gracefully did a kick turn underwater, and was on his way back. I thought he would probably make it this far, but I was certain Father Time was in my corner for the return trip. Dave kept gliding, and the clock kept ticking. Halfway back, then three quarters, it was going to be close. On the last stretch, you could see Dino Dave lose his calm demeanor and start to almost thrash with obvious urgency. At one point, his body jerked up a little as it tried to involuntarily go to the surface for a breath, and you could feel the considerable willpower it took Dave to stay underwater and keep going. We all had more than a little concern as Dave closed the last gap. 20 feet, 10 feet, 5, and then he did it. He touched the wall and shot out of the water, taking an enormous, raspy, almost guttural gasp of air. The rest of us cheered wildly. Dino Dave took one more breath, then relaxedly dunked himself under the water, like you see Olympic swimmers do after a grueling competition. Except Dave just kept going down. And down. To the bottom of the pool, kind of down. It became obvious very, very quickly that Dave was not joking and was in serious trouble. I dove in immediately, and the momentum rapidly shot me to the bottom. I put my arm around Dave's waist and pushed off the pool floor as hard as I could. At the service, everyone was already gathered around. My mind was racing on how to get Dino Dave out of the pool, onto the hard ground, and start CPR as fast as possible. It turned out it was not necessary. After a few seconds, Dave opened his eyes, let out a few coughs, looked at me, and said as calm as ever, Hey, thanks for waking me up. He won the bet. And you know what it was? It was for a small ice cream at my sister's restaurant. The dude swam to the point he passed out and would have died all for a small ice cream sundae? 
What could the kid do if it would have been for a large? And if ice cream was that immense of a motivator to Dino Dave, what could he accomplish if there was a real incentive? Say, like ho-hos or a cinnamon roll. I think he would push the boundaries of his body past the point of what even German geneticists could fathom. I have seen similarities with only one other person, and I started to wonder. Michael Phelps is the most successful Olympian of all time with 28 medals, 23 of which are gold. He has set 39 world records in his career. After long thought, I have a theory that Michael Phelps is somehow closely related to Fuquay. After he wins a race, the camera usually cuts to other competitors, to graphics with race results, or to the crowd. But I bet if you really scowl old footage, in the background you'll see Phelps' coach rewarding him with a piece of pie, one from the bet they made before the race started. The next logical question is if this superhuman iron will pertains only to swimming and sports. Can Dave use that Jedi force to accomplish other things? I can see Dino Dave getting a phone call one day. Hello, is this uh, Dave Fuquay? Uh, yeah. Mr. Fuquay, this is the U.S. government. We need you to infiltrate a hostile band of extremists by posing as a nuclear physicist. Take out the leaders and disarm the nuclear bomb. You will have no support, and the chance of survival is near to none. We can only offer you our gratitude and a chocolate donut. Uh, will there uh, be sprinkles on that? Of course. Uh, I'm in. It took 24 years before I grasped that I had viewed something to be celebrated. I now fully understand the magnitude of my friend's determination, and I promise not to squander this knowledge. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go. I'm uh, off to bet Fuquay. He can't mow my lawn, get my taxes done, paint the house, do laundry, cook, wash my truck, take the dog for a walk. Fix the squeak in my lazy boy, do dishes, change the oil in my wife's vehicle, figure out where that annoying beep in the basement is coming from, repair the flat tire on my bike, clean that really gross, sort of black, sort of orange looking ring that's around my bathtub, and vacuum all in one day. I think you'll be able to do it. After all, my sister said, never bet against Fuquay. And besides, I'm giving him an enormous incentive. We have a Taco Bell Naked Chicken Chalupa on the line. You have listened to another episode of To Hell Creek and Back with Dino Dave. Thank you to my best friend since kindergarten, Dave Houck, for pinch hitting for me today. This is KGRT Radio on TreasureStateRadio.com. Find more about Dino Dave at TreasureStateRadio.com. You are listening to the Treasure State Radio Network.